Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode of the Sweaty Palms podcast. I'm your host Zoe Dillon and today's guest is Sarah Moods. Sarah is an indie pop, indie rock artist here in Athens, Georgia, and she's been playing gigs since she was 16. We talked about a ton of stuff, including her background, life as a musician, her first ever album coming out, and the struggle she's faced working in this industry, but also how she's overcome them. We also talked about a new music video on the way and so much more, so I can't wait for y'all to hear this episode. Sarah is a really cool person to get to know and, and learn more about, so without further ado, let's get into it. I was just telling Sarah that she has a really nice voice. I'm really excited for this episode. <laughs> People always compliment my voice, and I'm, like, so dumbfounded because in, like, middle school, I was made fun of for my voice really? all the time. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's so weird. Yeah, because I had a really high-pitched voice. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like I kind of had a similar problem, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, really small, and so I was going to pick up posters for the 40-watt earlier, and this woman was checking me out. She goes, you don't look old enough to work there. And I was like... Oh, um, yeah, I'm 23. And she yeah. goes, oh, I thought you were like 16, 17. And I was like, well, that's an upgrade because a week ago I got 14. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I get it all the time. Yeah. yeah, that's like one of my top asked questions at gigs. Uh-huh. How old are you? And I say 25 and people are like, what? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I, people should know it's rude to comment right? on that. But right? then now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm actually flattered that you right. think I'm younger than what I am. I'm hoping when we're 40, we're going to look 20. Like, I yeah, want to eventually yeah. look like I'm in my 20s. There just has to be a positive doll. Yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to look 16, 16, 16, and then I'm going to look 40, and I've <laughs> never looked 20, and that'll be really annoying. <laughs> well, I'd love to start off just talking about, for those who don't know you, can you give us a background on who you are, how long you've been in the industry? Yeah. I'm Sarah Moots. I am an indie pop, indie rock artist. That's my genre label I've finally mm-hmm. come down to. It's taken a while to figure that out. It'll probably change again. I have been in the industry. I started playing gigs when I was 16 oh, wow. and I'm 25 now. I started writing when I was like 15. I played an open mic when I was 16 and mm-hmm. the restaurant that it was at, they were like, hey, we'd love to have you come back and do a solo set. And that's how oh, I yeah. played my first gig. And I played for three hours and it really broke me out of my shell. And then mm-hmm. after that, I just kept going and writing and went out to Nashville when I was like 17 or 18, mm-hmm. cut a demo and had kind of my first experience out there with a the producer and mm-hmm. wasn't the most positive experience awesome. aftermath and everything, but it led me to where I am today. So yeah, right. I feel like I've been here for forever, but I'm really kind of just now starting to like do things the right way. And mm-hmm. you know, I did UGI music business program and right. Now I feel like I'm actually applying all of that to my career, and Mm -hmm. I'm a full-time gigging artist now, so that was a big transition. So what made you, because a big part of Sweaty Palms, or the name for Mm -hmm. it, is kind of what you said, like breaking out of your shell and doing things that are scary, but, you know, growing from that. So Mm -hmm. how was performing for your very first time, and how do you get over stage fright and things that kind of, scare you I guess essentially oh my goodness um I don't know that I even get over it I feel like <laughs> I still like I still I am very anxious person mm-hmm, me too yeah I don't know if you so. can feel it I, I feel like I get all that energy you know <laughs> I do the same thing um everyone that I meet I'm like are you okay are you yeah. can I get you anything the first yeah the first time I ever met you you're just so like warm and inviting and nice oh, I didn't get that you. at all yeah thank you yeah. I think I've learned how to fake it because <laughs> I've been having random people come 
play my songs with me and come yeah. in my parents' house and sit in my bedroom and play with me, like, <laughs> since I was, like, 16, 17. Yeah. So I'm getting used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. But I think that's what it is, is you just get used to being uncomfortable. Right. And, like, I'm still working on healthy ways to manage that anxiety. Uh, I, like, always tell my friends and my partner, I'm like, okay, this time I'm not going to get super stressed. I'm just going to get up there and do the darn thing, and yeah. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do, do, do. And uh-huh. that's kind of been helping me lately. It's nice. just, like, not freaking myself out, not right. allowing myself to go there as much, you know, mentally. But right. it's, like, even the simplest of things, like having the band over for practice during yeah. the week and, like, introducing a new person mm-hmm. into the band and stuff like that that, like, just... It's simple, but it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. And so I think I'm just... I'm getting used to it now, at least. But when I was younger, I remember for that first, like, three-hour show, I was freaking out. And I really had to get up there. And it's always after a few songs I Mm -hmm. kind of remember, okay, wait, you've got this. Like, you know what you're doing. And there's a reason why you're here. So learning how to trust yourself is key, but it definitely takes some major, like, mental control and stuff to be able to do it. It's hard. And you're so good at what you do, too. Like, I I think... thank you. (laughs) It's true. Like, a big part of being who you are and like being an artist is not only like are you a musician but you're also a songwriter and I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the perfect combo or at Mm -hmm. least that's what I found when I listen to other artists people who are not only artists but also make their own music Mm -hmm. and then write their own lyrics are are kind of the best <laughs> that's maybe that maybe i shouldn't say that matter of opinion yeah yeah i mean i'm i kind of agree yeah yeah because like it's so funny too because the music that so bailey has played me one song that was unreleased oh. and I, I got to hear your lyrics and i was like why is this me like it, it just it was a song where you're like 24 that where you mentioned like how old you are oh the, the one that just came out yeah exactly yes. and i was just like i never related to a song more i think we're kind of on a similar life path right now not i'm not doing what you're doing but mm-hmm. I just I really resonated with that and so I just I'm so that's like, always the goal I always say that there's different types of musicians out there and when I finally figured out why I was doing what I was doing I narrowed it down to okay I am not up there to go play the coolest guitar solo mm-hmm. or have like the coolest produced tracks or whatever like yeah all that stuff adds to my music and is fine, but mm-hmm. really at the heart of why I'm getting up on stage is to connect with people. And so I always tell my sound guys and Bailey, for instance, because she's been kind of taking a role as like tour manager shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. She she comes and she sells merch and she makes sure we're all good. And I always tell her, I'm like, if you cannot understand what I'm saying while I'm up there, you mm-hmm. need to go tell the sound guy because my lyrics and even just the things that I say in between songs is what is at the heart of everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So once I realized that all the emphasis needs to go in that, I feel like I kind of became a better artist because I was like, okay, I'm not going to strive to be the best at everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I know, and that is connecting with people. So it's kind of my way of having a social life in a way. Like I'm very introverted, uh-huh. so my music is how I, I connect and like my people that like my music are really sort of figuring out what I've been through throughout my life and becoming Mm -hmm. friends of mine and so yeah it's a very very vulnerable deep thing the way I do things but I love it I started writing because I didn't have friends and I was Mm -hmm. I was moving I moved from South Carolina to Georgia my sophomore year of high school and 
every weekend I had nothing better to do but just sit in my room and figure out how to write songs. So there was a lot of loneliness and a lot of heartbreak and a lot of stuff that I just had no one to talk to about. So Mm -hmm. I would just put it in the music and that's why we got to where we are. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's something, quote, bad, turned something good, Mm -hmm. like turned into something beautiful. Yes, absolutely. It's like the best part about what I do. That's a really important part of, like, people who are resilient, too, is, like, mm-hmm. you don't just sit there and, and sit in your sadness. You make right. it something beautiful and creative out of it. Yes. And it's gotten you to where you are now. Yeah. So that's really cool. I didn't <laughs> know that about you, Sarah. I'm learning so much. This is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> no, I always say that's the most beautiful thing about pain for me. It's kind mm-hmm. of so toxic how I think sometimes because, like, I'm like, oh, I'm really hurting right now emotionally, uh-huh. but... I like it because I can write a song about it. Like, And I was like, I tell Bailey all the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm so depressed right now, but I, I'm, like, embracing it. Like, you know, it's just, like, feeling and, like, emotion is just my thing. Yeah. Like, I just love, like, everything about, like, even when I'm sad and I don't want to be sad, it's there's still a positive to it because I could sit there and write a song. Right. So it's, like, gets, awesome. Gets the creative juices flowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like my mom would always say she'd get concerned when she heard me writing too much because she'd uh-huh. be like, what's wrong? Because <laughs> like, she always knew something was wrong if I was just, like, locked in my room. So you said you moved from South Carolina to Georgia. What? Mm-hmm. Why did you move? I'm just curious. Um, My dad that so my dad like had a golf resort in wisconsin actually uh-huh. that's like where i spent my childhood oh, okay and, where in wisconsin um so it's called adams county very very small town okay it's like an hour from madison got you um i've got a friend who lives in madison now so that's why i was got curious you. yeah yeah cool. my cousins went to um what's the school there um, <laughs> I, I don't know U- wisconsin Mad- university yeah you madison i don't know i should know that <laughs> So we lived there. He had a resort there with his two older brothers, a golf mm-hmm. resort that he built. And then, unfortunately, the economy crashed. Yeah. And so at the time, we were living in South Carolina. We had just bought our dream house because uh-huh. he thought that he was set for life. And then right. it crashed. The resort fell under, and then we were bouncing around. Gotcha. And he finally found work in Georgia. So it was really hard. Yeah. Um, but so then when he found the work in Georgia, like, we obviously just had to go. We had no choice, so. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. But no, it's I'm okay. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I guess. no, it's fine. Yeah. It molded me, you know. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of know what's important in my life, very minimalistic, and right. it's kind of shaped me to be, I think, better at being a musician because mm-hmm. I, um, I didn't have a lot, like, in my high school years and uh-huh. middle school years, and I kind of just had to find myself and... I don't know. If I wouldn't have moved to Georgia, I also wouldn't have had, like, all the open mics. Right, exactly. the influences that I've had. Like, Mm -hmm. we moved, and my mom had nothing better to do but take me to open mics on weekdays after school. So That's really fun. Yeah, I mean, it's really responsible for me becoming a musician in a way, too. So I'm thankful for it. So what part of Georgia were you living in before you came to Athens? I was in Buford. I went to Lanier High School. And then my parents are still in Flowery Branch right now. They bought a house there. And then for a while there, I was living with my parents, commuting back and forth to Athens for school. Because I had, like, dropped out. And then I finally figured out I wanted to go to UGA. And then I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? So I just drove back and forth. I had all my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I would just go do full days. 
yeah. drive home, and then I met my partner who I live with now in oh, Athens, nice. so it yeah. worked out. How long have y'all been together? We've been together three, almost three years oh at my God. this point. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. It has flown by, though, because it just, everything was so easy with him straight from start, and right. I think we moved in seven or eight months after knowing each other, which, oh, wow. was, which was very quick for me, but it all worked out. So do you have any, like, upcoming shows that you oh want to talk about? Yeah, uh, sure. I can't even process all that's going on right <laughs> now to be honest I gig every weekend acoustic like uh-huh. to make my income and then the full band shows are on top of all that so like gotcha. keeping 13 shows in my head a month is insane that's um, crazy yeah yeah but May 27th we're over at Flickr mm-hmm. um and then I think we've got Park Tavern in June. Oh my god, I have to go to that. Yeah. yeah because I just want to see you perform live again. So. Yeah, you yeah. should come. We'll have plenty of time to prep, so hopefully we'll have a really Yay. cool set. How do you pick out your outfits for what you're going to wear for, you know, performing? Because I know you have to have an image of yourself, so I'd love to talk about mm-hmm. that. Because your outfits for Slew Fest, amazing. I love really? your pants. Yeah, Thank you. Look really oh good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have gotten to a point where now a huge helpful thing in picking out outfits for what I wear for anything and everything mm-hmm. is we finally narrowed down our branding and okay. our color scheme and everything. Yeah. So I have... The screensaver on my phone. Nice. Is, and you're wearing your yes, shirts kind of like already. That's my it. branding color. Yeah. So I wear that all the time. I always am in my closet holding my phone up, like, where's the shirt to wear? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I go into stores, I'm holding it up. I'm like, where? <laughs> so I just gravitate towards those colors now. And I also am just a sucker for anything unique. Like, if it's weird, uh-huh. I will buy it. Nice. If you can't picture yourself wearing it I probably can't like, <laughs> it's the weird stuff I always got made fun of by my friend group in high school they're like uh-huh. why would you buy that and I'm like I just like it so yeah. I just honestly go thrifting and look for stuff that nobody has and nice. if it's in the color scheme I buy it it's as simple as that it's then, nice to be different yeah <laughs> yeah and then I just mosh posh it all together on days of shows but yeah that was actually a really hard thing to like start trying to put emphasis on what you look like as an artist is so important that you look on brand and that you represent yourself well Mm -hmm. and so once we finally got a hold of that, I was very happy because it took a while. I, love. I was looking at your website, and I love your hair and everything in the color scheme. It Thank seems you. very, like, 70s-inspired. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it is. And I love that. I would like to also wear clothes like that eventually. But <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we can get back to your music. No, no clothes are important. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I just love talking because I love your style, so I had Thank to touch you. on it. That's just me. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out because I honestly – Nobody compliments my they style. They should. I think they're probably just intimidated. They're like, damn, she looks so good. I can't even say anything. Thank you. you know? <laughs> but anyway. You make my head big. <laughs> I'll stop now. I'll shut up. <laughs> this is just like a fun question, but mm-hmm. what's your favorite performance that you've ever done? Um, oh and what my. made it so good? Whoa. Yeah, sorry, it's a big question. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, so, off the top of my head without doing any internal digging Uh for hours. Um, (laughs) I would say Smissel Bar. I love that Um, venue. Yeah, and it wasn't even the venue. I mean, I guess it sounded great, but it was our first show as a full band Mm -hmm. after I had released the EP, No Matter What. Mm -hmm. No Matter What was like my first fully produced EP. Mars, The Dog, Misfit, all those Uh were on it. And that's the start of me finding my sound. Mm -hmm. And that was the first show we played as a band where I got to sound like that. 
every other band I had had before that, we were kind of just guessing when we got up there. All of our practices, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I like what you're playing. And because we never had tracks to play to, so I would bring them songs and I would be like, let's figure let's, this out. Yeah, exactly. And that works for some people, but I really found that the way I need to do things is get it recorded in the studio. Mm-hmm. I love my producer, Tommy. and me and him just come up with everything on the spot and Mm -hmm. then I take it to my band and I say hey learn this you know and that Mm -hmm. that's the way that I get the product that I want so the Smith show was the first time that I had had a group of players get up there Mm -hmm. learn everything that was on the tracks and play it you know as close to the tracks as we could and it was really really cool to hear it come to life because that was the first time I'd heard anything live Mm -hmm and crowd tested anything because that whole ep was made during the pandemic essentially so a lot of those songs they hadn't even performed live yet and usually i play them live first and then record them whatever but this was a weird situation and so it was nice to see how the crowd reacted and and it was it was really good we had a good turnout so you mentioned your band. How did that start? Because if it was just you originally, how did you get mm-hmm. a band together? I just think it's really interesting, and I feel like everybody's story is different. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard, especially when you're a solo artist and you're looking for people to just play things like the tracks because yeah. nobody wants to just, like, practice things. It kind of feels like homework for musicians uh-huh. to, like, just be like, hey, play it just like this right. and whatever. So... I had a guitar player, Alan Camps. He's my lead guitar player right Mm -hmm. now, and he has been with me since the beginning. Oh, nice. I met this guy. I had put it out in a group message that I needed an acoustic guitar player Mm -hmm. to play a gig with me, and he offered, and then he drove all the way out to my parents' house to practice with me. Oh, wow. Yeah, he really went out of his way to make it work, and... He was the first guitar player that I had ever worked with that actually did what I asked him to and Mm -hmm. respected me in that way. Like, a lot of guitar players really want to put their own spin on things and want to, like, do things their own way because they're very smart and what they do is very, like, creative. Guitar playing is awesome. But I was really looking for somebody that just did what I told them to. And Alan has a really great way of doing that but also still being creative at the same time. So he's one of the best people I've ever worked with, and he's chosen to stay around, thank God. Nice. Yeah, he's been like a lifesaver, yeah. Also, like, one of my best friends, Um, Mm -hmm. just, like, the coolest guy. But so then it kind of started just me and him, and then slowly, like, we've built it and kind of acquired all the parts we've needed. I Mm -hmm. found my rhythm guitar player who was also awesome and the group me. There's like a, there's a group me called Athens Jam Ham or Uh something like that. And it's got like hundreds of musicians in it. Oh wow. And everyone in there is really nice. And Mm -hmm. I just so many times have reached out in that group message and been like, hey, I need a bass player. And that's how we've acquired most of our players, but still like we're flip-flopping between players all the time bass players and drummers especially um it's hard to find people that are available for every show i remember having a talk with jess from hotel fiction and she was telling me because that was when they first started going on tour and stuff and she was like yeah we're you know we kind of have like five to ten different players that we call (laughs) on for each show because it's really hard to find people that could make each and everything work with their schedule and she was like that's kind of the way to do it though and i didn't realize that is the way to do it. I have 
probably five people I think of in each part when I think about shows. Okay, that's really cool. I didn't yeah. know that. I, I would think that you'd have a set band like Maroon 5 or something. I wish. <laughs> that's why I say it's so hard because, like, you're dealing with people that are in school, right. have jobs. The day when I can have Nashville musicians playing with me would yeah. be wonderful, but that's expensive. All those musicians are on salary basis right. with their artists that they play with, and I'm obviously not at the point to give salaries to any of my musicians. Uh-huh. So but you will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I fully plan on it and hope for it someday, but mm-hmm. right now, you know, it's just whoever can make it work and play the darn parts. Right. So <laughs> we rotate through a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, though. I didn't know that. I'd like yeah. to hear kind of just because I'm not I'm not a musician, mm-hmm. I don't know how that part works. Super stressful. Like, I think I, I really spend half of my time just, like, texting a million different people. Hey, can you make this date? And then on top of that, can you make this practice date? Can you do this? And I feel like it should be a completely separate job title, like right. band manager. I was about to say say like it would be nice if you had somebody who could do that for you yeah yeah I was just thinking that like today because we have a lot of shows coming up and every everybody has different schedules and I'm like oh my god this is taking like three hours of my morning and then like all night I was doing it and it's ridiculous yeah where do you hope to be you know in five ten years would you want to be still in Athens you want to be in another city like what would be your dream position to be in oh a dream would be like California Mm -hmm. I love California but realistically I think Athens is so nice because there's so many musicians here Mm -hmm. it's also very affordable to live here and my parents are an hour away which is like that happy medium we do have three dogs and it's funny how much that controls my life (laughs) um yeah we have three dogs so like it's nice to have my parents to take them to when we have weekend trips and whatever and Mm -hmm. I know if I go on tour I'm going to need my parents nearby for that sake so I could very well be in Athens still in five-ish years, Uh but I will be 30 years old in five years, and depending on where my career is, like, I don't really know what I'm going to want in my life. I've kind of, like, only thought about my music career for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but there's also things that I want to experience, like, I do want to have kids eventually, so I don't really know when all that's going to happen, or I don't know. That's very up in the air. Cool. I like that answer, yeah. though. Yeah. A dream is to go on tour. That's the current dream, and if that if that's where I'm at, then that's where I'm at. But right. I have no clue when that's going to happen. So gotcha. I've stopped trying to control my my life. It's kind of like you got to walk that line of, like, pushing opportunities, but also just letting things come to you, too, because... Right. You'll stress yourself out to no end if you just try to control everything. Definitely. I think you probably experience burnout even, like, oh, in yeah. the parts that you enjoy, like, songwriting. Yeah. Do you like writing songs? Yeah. Know some people I've interviewed, they're oh. like, oh, it's like pulling teeth. I think that songwriting is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, unfortunately, with all the business stuff lately, even though I have Bailey, it's still so much. Making TikToks, making content, photo shoots, music videos, whatever. Right takes way more time than I ever planned on it taking. Mm-hmm. So songwriting has been kind of pushed to the side unintentionally, but every time I get the chance to do it, it's like a dream. Like I, sitting down and being uninterrupted and just letting things flow is my favorite state of being. So when you sit down to write a song, what do you do? How does that process work for you? It always starts with, okay, so 
songwriters, there's a few different types of songwriters, okay. but there's people that think it's like a muscle and you have to exercise your songwriting muscle. Mm-hmm. And that is probably true. But like I said, I barely have time to do it lately. So usually when I get, okay, there's like this feeling that I get. Uh-huh. Like, there's like this feeling of like, okay, something needs to like come out of me right now creatively. Mm-hmm. And that is always the feeling that I get when I go to write a song. So like I'll be inspired by something or I noticed lately that it's a lot of like if my life is very hustle and bustle, like very busy, mm-hmm. that's kind of the way that I unwind is songwriting. Okay. So like if I don't have a lot going on, it's actually a lot harder for me to write a song. Interesting. Yeah. I would think it'd be the other way around because you have time to process your thoughts and your whatever when your life is slow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if my life is busy, sometimes all I want to do when I get home from like a gig or something mm-hmm. is just sit and lock myself away and write. So usually it starts with like some sort of feeling of like wanting to unwind or wanting to like just decompress. And then I usually end up writing like a lyric or something that mm-hmm. I like first and then finding a cool guitar part to put with it. But really like I'm not much of a guitar player. Like, Uh I kind of just do it to back myself. So Uh now I've gotten to the point where I just find something that works for the time being, and then I go into Tommy Uh or go to Alan, and I'm like, hey, can you make this cooler? (laughs) (laughs) I did the songwriting part, but can you make this guitar part cooler? Yeah. I've kind of accepted that, like, I'm good at the lyric part, (laughs) and, like, all the other stuff can come afterwards. Uh So that's where it usually starts is lyrics and a melody and, and, um, Sometimes you get a chorus first, sometimes you get a verse, and it, it's always different. But Do you like playing piano? Love Plays playing it? piano. Because the recording mm-hmm. that Bailey showed me was you playing piano in the uh-huh. background. You're really good, too. Oh, thank you. That. Yeah. Thank you. I. That's funny you mentioned that because I've been having this sort of internal complex regarding piano because oh, really? I have never played it on stage. Okay. Yeah, so I've always played guitar. Uh-huh. So lately, though, I've been having trouble finding a keyboardist for my band mm-hmm. and a synth player. So now I am learning the parts. Ooh, and that's um, exciting. Love to see yeah. you play keys, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure that whole thing out because I'm like, I really love just getting up there and singing because then I can interact with the crowd. Mm-hmm. I say interact with the crowd. Usually I just stand there the whole time. But I, it, like, <laughs> allows me to, like, really get into it because I only have to think about one thing right. and, like, being a vocalist is actually one of my favorite things as well. Mm-hmm. Just being able to stand there and think about like, oh, how can I sing this differently or whatever. Right. I love that. So playing a piano takes away from that mm-hmm. for me, but right. I'm trying to like have that healthy balance of singing, but also accompanying myself. So it's going to be interesting. What does it feel like when you're performing on stage? If you can describe that, like, just what what is that? I feel like that's a very <laughs> unique experience yeah. that most people don't, unless yeah. you're a musician, yeah, or yeah. a performer. It's such an adrenaline rush most of the time. The crowd is super important, though, for mm-hmm. me at least. I also think that having a good band behind you is super important because if you cannot trust the mm-hmm. people behind you, for me, I tend to think about, okay, are they going to play this part right? Are they going to do this right? Is this going to sound good? And it will take me out of the moment. So it's very, very different for me when I've got a group of people behind me that I can trust because then I'm able to just kind of let everything go. And I always say that it's very therapeutic to not only songwrite but play on stage because it's just, for me, I try to make sure that my brand is fully and completely myself. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not 
trying to be cool or trying to be anybody other than myself. I just want to be the most expressive version of myself. And so when I get up there, I really do feel like I'm just the truest form of me. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the places where I feel like fully accepted for Mm -hmm. who I am. And so it's a very powerful thing. I feel like sometimes I'm, like, floating. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm just, like, in this whole other world. Mm -hmm. People have laughed at me in the past because I always use my hands when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. But it's really just me feeling what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and just getting into it and painting a picture in my head, basically. Mm -hmm. So... It's it's really it's really fun. I love that. That's because yeah. I, I, when I did see you perform, yeah, you do using hands, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> I think it it just going with the '70s vibe of mm-hmm. just kind of flowing. That's yeah. totally you. Yeah, yeah, it that's was, it. That's yeah. what I try because I actually had stopped doing that. Like I forced myself to kind of like come up with more pre-thought mm-hmm. things on stage, like. You kind of practice as a performer, like, in the mirror a little bit, you Uh know, before a show. Like, okay, maybe you should pull the microphone back at this point or, Uh like, bend down and jump up or whatever, you know, and, like, weird things like that. And I played, like, one show. I think it was the 40 Watt where Mm -hmm. I had practiced my movements. And I got up there and I did the darn thing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how was it? And Bailey was like... I think you're focusing too much on your movements. Ah. And I was like, oh, really? Like, I felt really good about it. She's like, no, I think, like, you need to be more natural up there mm-hmm. and also, like, be focusing on your vocal more because that's the most important. And gotcha. that kind of was the start of me having way better performances because then mm-hmm. I realized, like, that I should really just get up there and do me and just focus on having the best performance quality and not be so worried about what I look like. So... If you can let all that go and just do you, it's a really cool experience. Awesome. Yeah. I like that you mentioned Bailey, too, because she mentioned it in the episode where where I interviewed her, too. But she was talking about how, you know, being a manager is you have to be very honest with your artist. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice that you have somebody that you can come to and trust and, and give advice on feedback for, you know, how you did. And, and you know she'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, she's changed my life. It's like crazy when you have, you know, basically just your mom or your sisters your whole life like telling you oh I like that or I don't right but when Bailey came along at first we decided she was going to be my manager and at first she was like in school she didn't have a lot of time Mm -hmm. to do things whatever and it was kind of just like a really intense friendship (laughs) um but I think that helped us because we had time to like form that bond Mm -hmm. and then she ended up being responsible for the reason why things got better because she was just so completely honest with me with Mm -hmm. everything. I mean, that just was the most helpful thing in itself. Mm. Just being like, oh, no, you shouldn't post this. You shouldn't say this or you should say this. Like, I like that. This doesn't look good. Just having somebody outside of yourself to go to is really important. And obviously we have to agree on things as well. Like, I never just do things that Bailey tells me to do. Right, of course. But, like, she's my filter, and it's really nice. It's nice to have honest feedback on something. It's like when you're working on an assignment for a class project, and somebody's like, oh, it's good. Right. Like, no, like, I know this isn't perfect. And then you you stare at things too long, and it doesn't look the same. Like, (laughs) you, like, I mean, and after hearing a song too long, you, like, can't hear it the same way that somebody with fresh ears would. Right, exactly. So I like to go to her, and I'm like, hey, how is a normal person going to hear this song? Because uh-huh. I, I don't hear it that way anymore. Like, right. it's my own voice on the track. I, I don't even know what it sounds like at this point. Yeah. So, so many times when I write, like, a verse or something and we'll debate a certain phrase or something I used, and then we'll just listen to it so many times to where we're like, okay, 
let's just not touch it for a week or so and then yeah. come back to it because it just turns into scribble in your head. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I would love to experience that from the songwriting perspective and from like the musical's perspective because the only instances I can think of is like in school uh-huh. when I'm writing a paper or whatever. Hey, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess kind of with it editing is. the podcast too because oh, I'll, yeah. I'll listen to it like several times through mm-hmm. it. Um, but so Bailey was telling me about y'all's music video that you just yeah. filmed. Can we talk about that yeah. process and stuff? I would love to hear about like how that went, how it's going, yes. wh- what was inspired for behind like the vision for the video, everything. Mm-hmm. The song's uh-huh. called Something, and it's that song you were referencing mm-hmm. earlier. It's super deep and vulnerable mm-hmm. of a song. All of my stuff is pretty vulnerable, but that song is a story from the start to the end yeah. of like the progression of losing myself all over again multiple times Mm -hmm. so there's lots of stories within that song that not a lot of people like know about me and I I know that like also the lyrics have a good way of kind of putting a easier spin on things Mm -hmm. and not everybody is completely exposed to the depth behind like those verses and Mm -hmm. what actually happened but Mm -hmm. it's a lot in that song it's very heavy it's made me cry Mm -hmm. when I've listened back to it before depending on my mood that day (laughs) but so the music video and we did this with the last music video the last music video was Misfit Mm -hmm. and I also planned that whole thing I was telling the story the whole time and so with this one I think I did this like literally on New Year's Eve instead of going out I was in my house writing the music video Mm -hmm. and because it had just like come to me and it's all this song's all about finding yourself and like we we started out with like a a multiple personality scene Mm -hmm. where I got to like dress up as multiple different versions of myself Mm -hmm. and we were passing like a blunt around yeah she's telling you yeah and I had this and a smoke like oh my gosh I don't even remember how many joints I had to smoke but they were hemp yeah they were hemp joints but obviously we cannot be high on set because then we wouldn't get anything else done yeah yeah um so we had the hemp joints but still those things can get you I was like not expecting that Uh and there were so many times where we had to redo the shot and I would just be like guys can we please get it this time because I'm getting really high (laughs) and I would just like we had PAs helping with the music video Mm -hmm. two PAs and so in the room there's probably five people including me and like we're in this room and I'm passing the blunt that's Mm -hmm. the scene as I'm I keep saying blunt it was a joint is there proper terms for smoking? Uh, yeah, uh, this all sounds <laughs> Who close knows? together. Yeah, honestly. So I kept passing it and having it in the scenes. It has to be smoking. Mm-hmm. So I would have to hit it to make it smoke. Right. So I had to smoke it. Uh-huh. I couldn't fake it. <laughs> but I felt like we were all secondhand high at some point. <laughs> like it really got hazy in there, yeah. and we were all laughing really hard at some stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it was really fun. And also we got to experiment with really fun makeup Uh and outfits because kind of doing everything to a dramatic level just Mm -hmm. for the sake of standing out and branding and just looking more professional. And had my friend Sophia come Mm -hmm. out and do makeup. Yeah, Yeah, so she was very helpful. Yeah, I love her. She's also just very creative and everything mm. she oh does my and great with marketing and yes. she's just like a great person to know. All around yeah. wonderful human being. Love yes. her. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see the music video though. I'm really excited. <laughs> we needed to have the proper scene, mm-hmm. like setting. So I had to like redo my living room and I like got a couch, 
painted the walls. And like, so the night before the music video, I was up until one in the morning making my living room because I hadn't had time to do it. So we so shittily painted the walls. Uh Like we got it (laughs) on the molding and everything, but Uh I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I'd love to see Um, it. But it was a lot of work. It took forever, man. And then the outfits, we decided the day before that we were going to make one of the scenes look like I was stripped down nude, but Uh I'm not nude. Oh, cool. And so Jason, the videographer, picked Uh out where we were going because there's a scene where we're running down the street. Uh And he picked out the neighborhood we were going to, and we're on the way over there, and he's like, yeah, it's like a college neighborhood. And this scene is like one of the scenes I'm dressed up as an angel with Uh like a white wig and yeah. like a white robe and then there's a part where I strip it all off yeah, yeah. and I'm running down the street and Spanx like nude no. Spanx I look naked <laughs> like I look naked and I'm running down the street frat boys are driving by oh, like God. like there's people smoking off their porch just watching the whole thing go down yeah, and yeah. I'm just over and over again running down the street and stripping off my robe right. to get the right shot <laughs> and it was just so embarrassing, no. and I, and it's like stuff like that where I've just been pushed so out, so far outside my comfort zone. Like, yeah. and I have had no choice because I want, I want it. Like, yeah. I want that art to be there, and I want that shot. And I, but there's nobody else to do it but me. Right, like, right. I can't hire an actor. So it, at one point, I was like, Bailey, you are gonna have to leave because I'm like running down, and I'm having to like mouth the lyrics, and yeah. she's just like laughing at me because they're in the van filming and I'm chasing the van and I'm running out of breath and they're going at one point the guy went like 10 miles per hour and I'm like you gotta slow down. I'm sprinting, sprinting I, while lip singing. Yeah, and I feel like your makeup might start sweating off yeah. at that point. And oh my god, it was honestly hilarious. I I wish I was there. Yeah, if we could go back in time, I'd be like, Haley, what are you doing today? Oh, you can literally tag team to anything. I want to tag so. along, please. It sounds so cool and fun, and, and that's just amazing. I'm sure, Bailey was like overage because she was there the whole two days, and uh-huh. I'm like. I ended up shooting her some money because I was like, you were the only reason I got through this. Yeah. Yeah, so she's taken multiple roles in all of this. Yeah, I just, I love, I'm so happy I get to interview you now because I've heard, you know, her perspective and now I get to hear yeah. yours and, you know, I get to hear from the artist. So that's really yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. both thank worlds. You, yeah, thank you for, you know, wanting to come on here and, Absolutely. and be honest. Yeah. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> Is there anything we talked about that, or that we haven't talked about, do you want to mention on here? Um, no. I mean, well, I mean, I guess I should say that I am releasing an album. Yeah, let's <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. Um. So we're doing like one single at a time. Mm-hmm. It's eight tracks, and it's called "Eat Your Heart Out." So. Yeah, that's in the middle of coming out, and then we will have an album release show, mm-hmm. and that is not planned yet. But I'm so excited. We are working on here. it. Yeah, yeah of course. Also. It was supposed to be in the Lewis room, but we're having trouble getting the date picked out, mm-hmm. so we might go somewhere else. I honestly don't even care where it's at. I just want a good turnout. So Well, Well, I'll be there for sure. What's been the hardest part about being a woman and working in this industry? Oh, my goodness. Just, like, as a whole, not being viewed as an artist Mm -hmm. over 
just a female. At my gigs, I struggle, and I've learned how to embrace it now, Mm -hmm. but I struggle because I feel like people view me as a blonde that can sing, Mm -hmm. and I am constantly treated as just like a jukebox. And granted, I put myself in that position. I'm playing these acoustic gigs where I'm playing for three hours, you know, Mm -hmm. cover songs, and I'm not really being represented as an artist. Mm -hmm. I think, like, it's really hard when you can feel that people are viewing you more for what you look like Mm -hmm. um, rather than the work that you're presenting to them. So I've kind of had to fight for my place a little bit, I feel like, with people. You feel like you have something to prove right away oh, I have to prove to them that I'm not just a blonde that, Mm -hmm. you know, sings. I have so much respect for Taylor Swift, but I constantly get compared to Taylor Swift before people even hear me because I'm blonde with a guitar. Uh And I take such offense because I'm like, if you listen to me, you would hear that I don't sound like her. Yeah, like we're doing the same thing, but I don't sound like her. And it just makes me feel like you haven't put any effort into listening to me. Yeah, And I constantly get that. So I just, just fighting for respect, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't been properly taught what makes a female uncomfortable, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just this very difficult when you deal with people that don't put themselves in your head. Um, They expect you to accept treatment that just would absolutely make them feel uncomfortable. You know, I've had to go to court. I had a manager of a venue sexually assault me when I reached out and said, okay, I'm not okay with this. I don't want to go back in your office to get my paycheck anymore. You know, he retaliated and canceled 11 gigs, which was at that time over $1,500 of my income, and they were on the books for months and months and months. So when you last-minute cancel on an artist, that puts them out not only the money that you just canceled, but you were occupying all those dates that they could have booked. So you're putting me out double the amount of money that you just canceled because now I can't play anything else, really, unless I get lucky and have something fall into my lap. But So I went to court for that, and I was... 21 I think when I went through all that and then before that I was dealing with a producer out in Nashville that promised me the world I spent my whole life savings on recording nine tracks with him Mm -hmm. and constantly he would call me darling and I thought that he was just being a mentor type fatherly figure Mm -hmm. but you know He made a comment one day about how, you know what females have to do to get what they want in this industry, right honey? And then like I didn't hear from him for two years, and he held my music from me, and that's why I'm 25 years old and just now releasing my first album. I'm so, so sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, It's funny, because, I mean, all of these, like I said in the beginning, all of these experiences have, like, molded me for sure. But, yeah, it hasn't been easy. But it's nice to have Bailey and and kind of more of a team now and not be just completely on my own dealing with stuff like that. So, yeah. I think it's important that we talk about this. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. I, I don't agree. even know. That's traumatic. And, mm-hmm. But it's good for people to know that, like, hear that. Not they're not alone. Yeah. You're yeah. not alone. And, and I think talking about it is the first step to getting it not to happen. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I haven't had a lot of outlets to talk about the depth of all those things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, I think this is the first time I've really talked about it with anybody recorded and in state where now I've healed and it's Mm -hmm. easy to talk about it versus Mm -hmm. when it was all going on so like 
I am never opposed to talking about things like that. But also, a lot of people don't ask because it makes people uncomfortable. And so it needs to be a question that's asked Yeah. also. But you don't want to make an artist uncomfortable right, by asking for too much, right? Right, right? So it's a weird thing, but I think me knowing you, that gives us a weird advantage of yeah. being able to talk about things like this, and I am comfortable and you know that Yay, I'm comfortable I'm yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah I, I didn't I, I guess it's another huge part of the industry that I'm just totally blind to because mm-hmm. I'm not in it mm-hmm. um like you are but um there's also like a lot of musicians that haven't like experienced to this extent of turmoil like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like be like oh I have the best sob story but to an extent, I have talked to so many people that have just been like, whoa, I've never experienced that. And and that's a beautiful thing. So it's yeah. not everyone that goes through. I think I just, right. you know, I don't know. I, I don't know why me. <laughs> but um, maybe it's because I trust people that, a lot. I'm the same yeah. way. But that's the thing. Just because bad things have happened, it's a beautiful thing to trust people yeah. and, to, and to have faith. Yeah. And, and somebody and and you know not think the worst of them mm-hmm. because then you know you go through your life jaded and and you know yes and you don't want that you and know? you have to find that balance in this industry of like trusting people but also, also protecting yourself yeah, so i'm i think i'm there now and i think you know you're always learning so right i've still got a ways to go so maybe yeah. when i'm 25 i'll come back <laughs> to you and let you know <laughs> where i'm at with that how yeah. old are you now i'm 23 okay yeah. Yeah. so i'm only two years younger than you yeah 23 um, was like my age of like okay i'm an adult now yeah like, that's got this figured out yeah i'm getting there slowly okay you never have it figured out just i mean i'm pretty (laughs) sure we're gonna be 50 and being like yeah i i know like my grandma is like i don't know (laughs) right we need to hang out outside of this one too (laughs) yeah we're just cool yeah thank you you are too thanks (laughs) glad you're friends with bailey yeah i'm like i've literally like mooched off bailey's friends because (laughs) i don't have any of myself so i like i said it's very hard for me to like actually have the time or the energy to go hang out with just people. hearing you through this whole episode <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you like do you get enough sleep like, oh my god on? no yeah <laughs> i'm highly sensitive i literally identify as an hsp uh-huh. so what's that uh, so i found this like group of people they're called hsps and they're just highly sensitive people that's uh-huh. what it stands for and i found this group of people because i was searching for why do i do some of the things I do uh-huh. and feel the way that I feel. And like, I really suffer with migraines. And so I never get enough sleep is my point. Uh-huh. I could probably get 10 hours of sleep and still be tired, but HSPs are like known for, I don't know, reacting very intensely to things uh-huh. and also being very mentally drained easily. Mm-hmm. So social interaction is very exhausting for me. Mm-hmm. And I was always looking for reasons why that was mm-hmm. the way it was. And just HSP was the easiest way to tell people like, oh yeah, I do identify as this. So like, that's something that not a lot of people know about me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard when people are like, come out and do this or come out and get drinks after your show and blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, Um, I need a nap. Yeah, like, I am going to get a headache if I do that because I'm too socially drained now. And, like, the way that I regain my energy is by introverting. So if I, yeah, like, this career takes everything out of me because you're constantly in a state of having to interact and having to share yourself. And it's really the only thing I have the mental capacity for. Friendships outside of this career are very difficult for me. Either way, I don't really need a title. I just need to know that, like, I'm normal and there's other people that go through it. Definitely. (laughs)
So I'd love to talk about your album coming out that we've already mentioned. Um, <laughs> but let's go back to it. What's your favorite song on the album? How was writing it? Just, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's see. My favorite track is something just because there's so many like hidden things in the production that makes it what it is and also one of my other favorite tracks is this song called settle down Mm -hmm. it's i don't know even when we're gonna release it but it kind of sounds country oh i love that yeah but it's not country but it is but it's not and anyways so it's got a part at the end it has some slide guitar like steel guitar i love steel guitar yeah Yeah. it's not actual steel guitar but it sounds like one Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of gives it that country flair and then at the end there's a slowed down chorus that you can totally line dance to And it's really fun. I feel um, like this is going to be my favorite song <laughs> on your album because I love it. Probably. Yeah. It goes over really well live because at the end, like, it kind of goes into that hokey bass line that you can kind of, like, yeah. kick your feet out to. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my other favorite one just because I had no clue what that song was going to be. And it was mm-hmm. one of those things where I really did go into the studio and I was like, all right, Tommy, what are we going to do with this one? Yeah. And he just went crazy on it. And that's what we ended up with. So it was really good and really fun to do. It's also just about societal standards and females are made to think that they need to like get old and have kids and get married and all this stuff but also not be old right and like yeah all the societal standards that are just complete bullshit and Mm -hmm. it's kind of an f you to all of that so i really like what that song stands for but yeah just really excited about the whole thing i give a shout out to tommy trotline because he is just incredible I've heard so much about him, just mm-hmm. like... I'm sure you have. Working at 40 Watt, yeah. Yeah. He's a busy dude and has so many friends, but he was just really changed my life in ways that I don't think he knows. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of freedom that he's given me on my tracks and the way that he's respected me as an artist, but also like a co-producer. I mean, I kind of tell him all the things that I want, and mm-hmm. he makes it happen, and it's a dream of a situation. So Nice. Yeah, he's responsible for a lot. So I was going to ask you, actually, when you first mentioned him, and then I Mm. forgot about this question, so I'm glad we are talking about this now. (laughs) (laughs) But what is the production process like in working with him? Because, yeah, I've never been in a studio. Um, The way that it works between me and him is I really, like, just because I've been through so much with producers and stuff in the Mm -hmm. past and not getting the product that I wanted out of people, I think that I go into it with a very defined head of, okay, this is how I want this song to sound. I'll go in there with a lot of reference tracks. I like the production on this. I like this part of this song. I like this part of the song. Let's see if we kind of recreate it in a way. And I think in the mix of all of the recreating we're trying to do, we end up finding our own sound while we're at it. Mm-hmm. And um, we've had that talk before. It feels like we're, you know, chasing all these other artists and their sounds but then blending all of it has really become my sound Mm -hmm. and I actually watched like an interview one time where somebody was talking about how do you find your sound as an artist and Mm -hmm. they were saying how it's it should be all of your favorite artists and all of your influences wrapped up into one okay yeah and so I really try to like keep that in mind when I go in there I do reference my favorite artists and my favorite songs at the time and Mm -hmm. I really try to have an idea of what I want So I like to say that I practically co-produce everything Mm because I'm a big part of the brain behind it. But he is responsible for making it all come to life and filling that gap of 
I don't know what to do with this part. How do we make that happen? And he always knows. He always has the answer. He's also very good at making things just vibe better. If I play him a song and it's still somewhat raw, he's like, why don't we do this with it? Or why don't we change this lyric? So Mm -hmm. he can very easily take himself outside of the song and kind of make it work better. So... Yeah, I kind of just go in there with songs and play it for him. And then I say, oh, I want it to sound like this, this, and this. And then mm-hmm. along the way, we create our own thing. And Nice. Yeah. We, That's really cool. It's really fun. It's like the studio time is like really probably one of my favorite things about the career. Mm-hmm. It's just a really fun chance to be creative. And Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Thank and, you for having me. And for everybody, toward the end again now, mm-hmm. but Sarah Moots is the guest of today's episode. She's mm-hmm. a singer-songwriter here in Athens, Georgia. She's been performing since she was 16, and you can go follow her on her Instagram. It's at Sarah Moots. Yes. She's also got a website at sarahmoots.com. Yes. You can follow her on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, anywhere. Anywhere that YouTube, you... Yeah. Anywhere listen out for her upcoming album and also her new music video for something something just came out so that's a new (laughs) single that is now dropped Um, look at you go yeah keep up with her she's awesome i need you to come on stage and and do that (laughs) i can can introduce you to the whole crowd and follow me on my podcast (laughs) but yeah guys thank you so much for listening in and we will see you next week yeah thank you thank you and here's a little preview of Sarah's new single, Something. I was 17, I snuck out past curfew, scared as hell that they might come for me. Officer, I'm just trying to feel something. And I was 21, looking for fun. Found a guy he only knew of one. Way to pass the time was it you who put those tears in.